0: Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church.
1: On this week's episode, we are continuing our talk on the gospel pandemic, part four, consecration. Welcome. Welcome back, Brian. What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Man, I'm doing okay. So just, you know, living life. Living life. Living La Vida Loca. You know what I can't stand? The this crazy might life. this might this might get get people on our, our listeners. I don't know. But you know, when people say I'm living the dream, you know, it's like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just living the dream. No, you're not. You're not living the dream, and you know it. I say that stuff all the time just because it's like just Throw away fodder like you know
0: working hard hardly working you know something so now like our that. listeners
1: get to be a part of our yeah. you know conflict resolution right yeah. now because i can't stand when you do that no, i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> anyways i'm just messing moving on yeah moving on so today we are jumping back into our gospel pandemic series we're going to be talking about um this idea of consecration and we'll get to that in a minute but but brian i wanted to ask you what is, uh? Wh- why do you feel like this is such an important series to talk about? Yeah,
0: I really feel passionate about this because there are, how do I put this gently? And and I include myself, <laughs> I include myself in this group as well, but uh, Christians have not really taken up the mantle of evangelism and discipleship well in right. the last um, bit. You know, we look at all the research and statistics And, you know, every, every, by every measurable thing, baptisms are down, church attendance is down. You know, uh, I saw a study the other day that confidence in pastors is very low. Hmm. And a lot of that's because they don't have a relationship with a pastor. And then what they see in the media is always negative moral failure or money or you know, you know, something like that. And so I really feel like this is so important. We as Christians have to gravitate because this is what Jesus came to do. He Mm -hmm. came to share the gospel and make, he became the gospel. He is the gospel, but to make disciples. And so we are to take up that mantle. And so, you know, I include myself in that as well. It's a challenge for me and, and for all of us to, to do this.
1: Yeah, that's a really good word. Thanks for saying that. And uh, I mean, that really segues right into what we're talking about today yeah. in, in this idea of consecration. And really it's, it's this idea of holiness and, yeah. and obedience to, to God and what He has called us to do. And that's a good point. I mean, whenever we are saying one thing, about the gospel and then living completely different life. I mean, we're we're basically just dragging Jesus' name through the mud, right? And so we've got to work on this idea of being consecrated, set apart for Christ. Yeah,
0: elements of holiness, sanctification, obedience. Yeah, which obedience is, has a negative connotation in the church, which it really shouldn't. And we're going to talk about that today.
1: Yeah. Hopefully we can help us all think (laughs) obedience is a good thing. (laughs) Let's Um, jump in. Yeah. Let's talk about holiness. So, so give us a little bit about like, what is holiness? Where does it come from?
0: Yeah. I think we have to start from the theological perspective of God's holiness. I really feel like that's important because God is is the source of holiness. And, you know, God's holiness means he is separated from sin, devoted to seeking his own honor. That's from systematic theology. Mm. And that just means there's no sin in him. He cannot and and will not sin. Always good, always true, always righteous. And that's what uh, holiness is. And and there's some verses that back that up for us.
1: Yeah, so there's this in 1 Samuel 2, 2, where it says, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. And that really reinforces one of my favorite things about God, is that mm-hmm. there is nothing like God. That's right. He is the creator, and everything else is creation. Right. And so he is just completely different. And Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, 3, it has that, that thrice holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yeah, and
0: this is a this is the scene into this is Isaiah's vision where it's a scene into the throne room. And so the angels and things that are around the throne are, are chanting this and <clears throat> emphasizing God's holiness. And
1: it's really important, too. I didn't think about it until right now. That is where God is saying, Isaiah, who's going to go for me? Right. And who shall I send to go and tell the people my word? Right. And so this is key to this whole conversation mm-hmm. about sharing the gospel. First um, 1 Peter 1.16, you shall be holy for I am holy.
0: Yeah. And that comes out of three times in Leviticus that is that is said, and then Peter picks up on that. And God's holiness, uh, now that we're believers, should, should, mm. should push us to be holy. And so we're going to talk more about that. But it's so important for our discussion to think about God as a holy being. Yeah. We're to strive for holiness, to be like the Lord to bring him glory, but it, it all starts with the Lord. Yeah, it all starts right. with
1: God. Sometimes we like to think that we can just bring God down to our level. Yeah. And uh and there's a good sense in which we can think about God in, in human terms, but we have to remember he is God. He's not he's not just another person. Right. Um and so we get to see this clearly in the person of Jesus, where right. God did come down to us. But He didn't let go of any of his holiness in that. So let's talk a little bit about Jesus' holiness. Yeah,
0: I love, uh, there's several verses, but a couple that I pulled out. 1 Peter 2, 22, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. 1 John 3, 5, you know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. And then Paul is in agreement with these other uh, apostles in 1 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin, so God... Make Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God.
1: Yeah, and that simply just means that that Christ never sinned and all of the things that he went through, all the temptations that he he defeated because he was without sin, and then God decided to put our sin on him. To take away our sins. Right.
0: He was the spotless lamb. He became the perfect sacrifice to atone for our sin. And th- that's really important theological point. We cannot believe that Jesus had any sin. The Bible tells us that he did not. He right. lived a righteous life. But for for the doctrine of salvation, we cannot believe that Jesus had any sin.
1: Yeah, if we if we don't get this, like we're not saved. I mean, this right. this is. Absolutely crucial in uh, our walk with the Lord. And so that brings us to our own holiness. We understand that Christ took our sin from us, He then gives us His righteousness. So it's
0: funny we say our holiness which is none.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, he he gives us yeah, his righteousness and and that you know, it God sees it as ours. Right. He credits it yes. to us, but it's not from us. You're right. That's There's right. no righteousness in us from ourselves. That's
0: right. So like 2 Corinthians 5:17, we are become a new creation That's in right. Christ. That's right. And so God looks at us and the 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 sin the imperfection, the impurity, the transgressions are removed because of the atonement of Christ.
1: And it's not a fake thing. It's not like God just says, yeah, you're good, but really we know who you are. Right. No, it's like it's really a change that happens in your life. That's what sanctification is. It, right. it gets applied to you, and then you start living it out. That's why you you actually change, and right. it's an amazing thing. Um, but there are there are a few things here that we need to look at um, some of the major changes that happen in our lives is who's in charge now. Yes. Uh, Jesus is. And, right. and a lot of people really struggle with this idea of Jesus as our Lord.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the Bible talks about we are free in Christ, but both Paul and Peter agree. But then they also say this interesting idea that we should not use our freedom to sin. We should mm-hmm. live as servants of God. So really the implication is at one time we were slaves to sin. And now we become a servant of the Lord. That's right. Now there is an element uh, of of free will in that mm-hmm. we don't. We all often understand that in the overarching uh, idea of you know predestination, right. and all those things. But as we perceive it. I am putting myself under the submission of the Lord that's right I am I am putting him over me and his will in his way and and removing my will and really that's a mark of a mature believer yeah to to submit yourself to the Lord
1: yeah I think that's the one of the hardest things in our lives that's part of the cost is saying it's not my life anymore right I'm giving my life to to you, Lord, and that was something we actually, with the students, were talking about—the uh, Apostles' Creed and, and how we believe in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. uh, the only Son of God, our Savior and Lord. Right. And uh, we talked about His Lordship, and and you know, sometimes we say, "I'm going to accept Jesus into my life." It's like I'm going to make you a part of my life, mm-hmm. Jesus. But really, what you're doing is. You're saying, Jesus, I give my life to you. Right, right. My life is yours now. Well, that's what exactly
0: what it says in Romans 10, not if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is, is Lord. Lord. That's right. So a part of coming to grips with our salvation and being saved is acknowledging Jesus as Lord. Yeah. So that's so important for us to grasp. And I just don't think because we focus in on we're free in Christ. But again, Paul and Peter, you're free in Christ to be servants of God.
1: Right. Which, you know, a lot of times we think like it's boring. I, I know just, you know, kids especially, it's like if I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be a goody two shoes and, and I have to be all these good and right things. But, but when you really start thinking through what it looks like to live mm-hmm. a true and free and abundant life mm-hmm. in the Lord, it's, it's like saying having wings attached to an airplane is is holding it down. Mm-hmm. No, the wings are the thing that lift it up. Right. And so obedience to the Lord, having this freedom in Christ, which is servants, you know, we're being servants of Christ, are actually the wings that take us into a true and abundant life. Yeah. So that really kind of brings us into this idea of obedience. If he's yeah. the Lord... He's the boss. Mm-hmm. That means we we need to do what he says. That's
0: right. We're called to obedience. And we need to understand Jesus. We'll talk more about this in a minute. But Jesus calls us to obedience. Mm-hmm. And really, obedience should be a product of the faith. Right. It's a result of salvation uh, to obey the Lord. And we can look to James. He was really clear on this, that a redeemed life uh, is is orienting your life to the will and the way of the
1: Lord. That's Right. Yeah, I think that's good because it's a lot of times we think obedience and faith are two completely opposite things, but in reality they're they're the, they're two sides of the mm-hmm. same coin, and you don't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, faith produces obedience, right?
0: And I think the reason that obedience has such a um you know, it's such a a dirty word in the church is because we don't rightly understand it. You know, we think about obedience in terms... We always run to extremes. Right. We think about obedience in terms of like a a pharisaical kind of belief where obedience means I have to dress a certain way and act a certain way and do certain things. Now, sometimes, yes, because if our life is reflecting sin, right, that must change, but... God is not saying that we're to change all these external, outward things. He's really driving at the heart. Right.
1: There are external changes that do happen when the heart has changed. Right. But it's not simply external things that, that change who you are. Right, And the thing is, I think why... Like you said, this is kind of a dirty word sometimes, is because I think that we have abused the idea of obedience mm-hmm. at times, right. uh, where we've said no. It's it's more important what you say, um, how you dress, and who and who you you know talk to right. than it is what's going on in your heart. Yeah,
0: it's it's when we go past scripture. That's right. You know, it's when, it's when we go past that and we start to 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 mandate. A great example is you know the Pharisees tithing off their herbs and mint and yeah. things like that. That's great if they want to do that, but that's not a scriptural thing to put on other people. people. And so when we're saying, well, you must do this, that's outside of scripture. Yeah. Then we get into a, a bad part of obedience, but to say that you must obey the word of God should be something that every Christian uh, is, is drawn to and, and embraces.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, that's like saying, that's like saying, Hey, you need to be holy the way I am holy, not, Hey, you need to be holy the way Christ is. holy. Right.
0: Exactly. And that's, those
1: are two very different things. Um, and it's very important we get this because the truth is, and you were talking about this before, before we got on here, this idea of being a sinner and a saint all at the same time. Right.
0: Obedience is hard because we will fail. We yeah. will sin. So how do we reconcile That fact, you know, Martin Luther had this idea of simultaneously justified and sinner. Yeah. How do we reconcile those two things in one person?
1: Yeah, that really made me think about, uh, first, John is so helpful to me in this because John has this understanding of, you know, he says, if we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves. We're liars. If we say that we are not sinners, then we're lying. Um, But then he says, if we're not walking in uh, God's love and in his commandments, then we are not uh, Mm. of God. So he has these two ideas going on, and he says they're both true. Mm. And uh, the cool thing is, is that if you do sin, which you will, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ, who has uh, cleansed us of our sins. And so that's where the gospel is, is met in this idea. We are... Both sinner and saint.
0: Yeah, we come to grips with that. That justified. We're justified mm-hmm. in in righteousness. So, positionally speaking, right? We are we are made right, but we still wrestle with the flesh. That's right. We're not enslaved to sin, but we are tempted by sin. And I would really challenge people. Romans seven is a really great chapter to to, to come come to grips with this whole thing. And so we know that that sin. <clears throat> We know what sin is and how it how it impacts our lives. And really, when we understand that, it will draw us closer mm, to the Lord. Yeah. You know, this is a paraphrase, but I remember John Piper saying something about uh, as he grows closer to the Lord, he sees his sinfulness even, even more, more so. and appreciates God's grace in a greater way.
1: That's right. Well, in another sense, like the closer you get to the Lord, the more you feel your sin, but also the holiness of God. Burns your sin away. Yeah, I mean, it's like getting closer to the heat source. It's going to burn away the dross, right? And uh, and that's what we need. Yeah,
0: and Jesus is so just graceful and merciful. You know, he's such a good Lord and a good Master, and he's been through all of these things. You know, I love Mm -hmm. in Hebrews four for we do not have a high priest that's Jesus who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yeah, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need.
1: That's huge. As we were reading through our, our resource, the um, Master Plan of Evangelism, I just saw he was talking about how Jesus was patient mm, with his disciples. Yes. I mean, his disciples just couldn't get what he was saying um, because it was just so big, so beyond them. And he was patient with them and they failed over and over and over again. But the, the thing that's true about them though, is there was always like this forward progression. Mm -hmm. They were growing, but it was a steady and slow process. Right. But Jesus was patient with them. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad he's patient with me.
0: That's right. And and just because we sin doesn't mean that we're not saved. You know, we find forgiveness and hope in Jesus and uh, you know, But it also, just because we sin, doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for holiness. That's right. right. There's that balance there. And that's part of the process of sanctification. We've talked about sanctification and what it is. It's so important that we understand that our whole life is lived to become set apart, to become holy, to become more like Christ. And we're never going to get there until the end. So we need to just keep striving and keep pushing towards holiness. And by God's grace... He will do amazing things in your life that you never thought, thought. he
1: could do. That's so true. <laughs> and um, as we're kind of thinking through this idea, we gotta we've gotta obey Christ. Mm-hmm. We've got to be holy like He is holy. So let's talk a little bit then about what Jesus did yeah. and some of the things that We're he taught. We're always
0: looking at the example of Christ right. in this in this resource and in this in this from God's word. So
1: we know that Jesus lived this holy life. Um, but I love you kind of put this in here he he wasn't living a self-righteous life. It wasn't it wasn't like he was just doing whatever he wanted to do. What's great about Jesus him being God himself, he also submitted himself to God the Father. Right. It wasn't his will that he was doing. It was the Father's yes. will that he did. That's the holiness that he was living out.
0: Yeah, and I love that Jesus didn't live by the letter of the law. Of course, he obeyed the law, but he also thought about the spirit of the law. Mm. For instance, when he, about, when he taught about murder, he included hate saying that you, okay you may say you've never murdered anyone but you've hated a ton of people. And he said that's the same thing. The root of murder is hate. Yeah. He talked the same thing about about adultery and lust. You know, he always brought these things around to say, you know, there there's an element of obedience that you're missing. Yeah. You know, and it's like my kid, you know, I may say to my children, I need you to go pick up your room. And they may go in and shove everything under their bed. That's not what I meant. That's right. You know, it's put your toys away in the place that they need to go. Yeah.
1: It's a spirit of obedience that right. comes from love. You know, sometimes when we play games in the youth group, it's like, I'll, I'll roll out several <laughs> rules, you know? And, uh, and they're like, this and they're just like finding loopholes. They become lawyers. It's amazing. And so they're finding loopholes in everything. And I'm like, guys, guys, like, come on. Like, we're trying to have fun. You and know play what I meant here? You know yeah. what I? mean right and that's the point is like we in our sin are constantly trying to find loopholes yes but jesus wasn't looking for loopholes he was trying to love the father yeah by obeying yeah this
0: is an old analogy but oftentimes people are saying how close to the line of sin can i get yeah and jesus was always saying how close to the father can i get
1: that's great that's really good i actually don't know if i've heard that before really yeah that's really good
0: (laughs) okay all right well so and, and that just leads us to our next point he did the father's will yeah you know no, John 6, 38, for I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who
1: sent me. That's right. And that kind of brings us back. So Jesus is this, this perfect example, but he's not just our example. He is the one who makes it possible for us to have this too. He he fixes our hearts and, uh, and he is our high priest, but the great thing is he knows what we're going through. Yeah.
0: Just like we said earlier, he That's was right. tempted.
1: But he... He beat it all. Right. He had no sin. I, I like to tell the guys in the youth group a lot. I say, hey, uh, have you noticed how many ladies were uh, hanging out with Jesus? How many ladies like followed Jesus around? And he said no to all of them. Hmm. Like, yep. That's yep. the type of heart that Jesus can give you. That's the type of heart I never, that
0: I never thought about that, but maybe that's good. That's a good analogy for a teenage boy.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for men, I mean, dads, yes. husbands, if you're listening right now, like, just remember, Jesus was pure, yes. and He can make you pure too. That's right. So, so,
0: so He showed a holy life by example, but also by what He taught. And so, I have some examples here. You know, we just talked about this in last Sunday's sermon, right? But He challenged His disciples and said. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet do and and not do what I tell you? Yeah. I mean, he just kind of put it it's out the right there. It's in like face. <laughs> Yeah. It's like you call me your Lord, I'm your I'm your teacher, I'm your master, I'm these things, but you don't listen to me. Yeah. And so it's as if it's as if building a house on a foundation of sand versus a foundation of rock. And he yeah. knew what was coming. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He knew the, the the persecution, the trials, all the things that these guys would face. And he knew they had to build their life on the foundation of Jesus.
1: Yeah. And that's one thing that's interesting. Jesus wasn't trying to do whatever he needed to say to get followers. Right. Jesus was trying to uh, give people eternal life and right. give them himself. And so it wasn't about just accumulating people who will just be yes men. That's right. It's about people who love him. That's and right. that's one thing I remember growing up. My parents would ask me, um, there was a season in my life where I was just really disobedient, and they got got on me and said, "Why don't you love us?" Mm. And I was like, "What?" Mm. And it's like, "You you don't do anything we ask you to do." Wow. Why don't you love us? And that's really what Jesus is saying here. If well, that's we, as yeah. we go
0: to John fourteen, he says, "Whoever yes, yeah. has my commandments and keeps them, he it is he he it is who
1: loves me." Yeah. That's it. So this, is, this obedience is not just about doing whatever we're told. Right. It's about loving God. I mean, this is not... That's why obedience isn't a dirty word. Obedience is like the best thing you can do. That's, that's right. That's how we show our love for Jesus.
0: Yep. So I really think that's important that we think about that, that, you know, Jesus taught about obedience mm-hmm. in many passages. There's just a couple that we mentioned. Um, but, you know, to be a disciple is to listen and obey. Yeah. That's that's the essence of what a disciple does. And again, Jesus does not teach us a legalistic set of rules uh, like the Pharisees. Uh, you know, the Bible teaches us through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can learn to obey God's word. You know, yeah. I love where it's set, where Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. My mm. word is the truth. Mm. And so Jesus is calling us to be set apart, to be holy by embracing his teaching,
1: by embracing the word of God. Yeah, which is himself, right, in this relationship with him. And it's, it's yeah, you're right. It's not just a bunch of rules we have to follow. It's, it's a transformed lifestyle right. that's transformed by a relationship with him. Right. It's simply living out our faith. Right in him. That's good. So, you know, we're talking about this stuff and, and what Jesus did, his example. There's this interesting passage in Luke 14 where he calls his followers to literally forsake their families. Yeah. I, I
0: really find this as a as an interesting passage. Yeah. Jesus uh this is one of what we would call the hard passages, the hard yes. teachings of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I don't think he means to literally forsake your family, never talk to them, walk away. Right. I do think though that what he's driving at is he's telling them to consider the cost of following him. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately he again he knows what's going to happen. These disciples, uh these followers of Christ, everything will be 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 challenged, their their livelihoods, their families Everything. So, is your allegiance to Christ greater than all these other things? Yeah. Everything in the world, including your family. Because if it's not, when the when the trials, when the persecution comes, you will you, you will not honor the Lord. You will fall away from the Lord when that happens. And so, I really think he's saying you must count the cost. You know, up to this point everything Jesus had done had been awesome teaching and miracles and feeding mm-hmm. people. And they're like, we love Jesus. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. He's giving us free food <laughs> and he's healing us. And she's like, no, no, you don't get it. Right. Things will get difficult mm-hmm. as we go along and and you must be willing to even forsake your families for the name of the Lord.
1: Yeah. And Lord willing, you won't have to Lord willing. What's sure. going to happen is, is as you follow the Lord, your family will follow the Lord and especially parents, if you're listening to this, as you follow Christ, your kids and your spouse will follow Christ. Um, but in the off chance that you are, you know, a parent and your spouse is is not on the same page with you, um, it, it can be difficult. And yeah. Jesus even says, you know, you think I came to bring peace? I didn't come. I came to bring the truth. And it's going to separate families. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's where we have to really decide who— Who's our life about the most? Is it about us and what makes us feel good or is it about Jesus and life everlasting in him?
0: Yeah, I remember reading this story from a missionary and this was just a few years ago. They were in Afghanistan ministering to Muslims there and one person got saved. Mm. Their family began to hunt them because they were going to put them man, to death. Man. And so they had to they had to get them out in the cover of night to a country Uh, for religious asylum that would take them because their family was going to kill them because they converted to Christianity. This is a real life thing that happens. And so once again, we have to, we have to always make sure uh, that may not happen to us in America. Yeah. This does happen around the world in different places. So we have to ask ourselves, is our allegiance to Christ above everything else? Mm -hmm. The answer should be yes. Yeah.
1: And it's the thing, you know, it's count the cost. It's going to cost everything. You're going to have to sell everything. You're going to have to abandon everything. You're going to have to give away your whole life. But the cool thing is, it's like that story Jesus says, the man, he sold everything and he bought the field that had the grand treasure in it. Mm -hmm. You count the cost. It's going to cost everything, but you're going to get abundantly more than all this life has to offer. That's right. So the cost is worth it. We're not trying to scare anybody. We're trying to say, no, it's going to cost you something, but also no, you're getting everything in return. Yeah,
0: that's right. We are giving our lives to the Lord. And I think many people miss that. I I think people, when, when, and and it's in the way we, the way that we preach the gospel, you know, oftentimes it's, Oh, come get a better life. Come, come get saved. You don't go to hell, Mm -hmm. but, we miss the part about our, we become servants of the Lord. We're we're giving our life, our ways and our will disappear. So we can become servants of God. Yeah, that's good. It's good for us to be challenged to consider the cost, but listen, be just like you said, the blessings of being a child of God far outweighs any burden. And I love where Jesus says in Matthew 11, he says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take up, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my
1: yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's great. That's that's what it's about. You know, we we give our lives to Jesus because uh, because He is life. Yep. And He and He is good, and so we can rest in Him. And so, what does this look like though for our real lives, like everyday application? Um, What part does obedience play in? evangelizing and discipleship.
0: Yeah. I think first we have to understand that the great commission is calling us. It says, teach them to obey all that Jesus taught. Mm. It's not just to go make converts. Again, we're making disciples. Yeah, Part of that, it talks about baptism. You know, it talks about these different elements. And one of them is teaching them to obey what Jesus taught. Mm-hmm. We cannot, we cannot miss that. Part of sharing the gospel and making disciples is relaying Jesus' teaching in a way that people will want to conform their life as they become a believer.
1: Yeah, that's good. I mean, and I think part of this is just living it out to to really convey that well, like you've got to be living a life of, of mm. obedience. Uh, we're supposed to be examples. Yes. And, and one of the things I said, I've said to to students and to people before is if you are saying one thing, I might even have already said it. If you're saying one thing, but living out another lifestyle, you're actually doing more harm for the gospel than you are good. Mm. Um, I'd rather you stop talking about Jesus if you're gonna live that way, then then try to share the gospel and live a lifestyle that isn't following him. Because you're communicating much more with your life yeah. than with your words.
0: Yeah, this can be tricky. We don't want to fall into this self-righteous trap. You know, remember, we are we're still tempted, we still struggle with the flesh. So we need balance here. We must be real and honest about our struggles, right? And this can actually help us if if I'm telling someone, yeah, listen, I am. I still struggle in, you know, an area of sin Mm -hmm. occasionally Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know. I can say it doesn't because, but that's okay because it doesn't rely on me. It relies on Jesus and the grace of God.
1: And by God's grace, He is
0: delivering me out of that.
1: And that's right. It's not. And when I when I say like a lifestyle, I mean a lifestyle. I don't mean you you fall, you fail, you mess up. I just mean that that's everyone does that. Um, but you're right. The other side,
0: people can't just live a blatant, willful sin that undermines our testimony. That's right.
1: Just patterns of sin that you're that you're not fighting against that aren't going. Away, you're not having any victory over like that. That that should really key you in. There, there might be a problem. Yeah, um, seek help. It, for it that. will
0: ruin your testimony. You, it you does. will, you will find it really hard to share your faith if somebody looks at your life and there is just willful patterns of sin and no repentance and no desire to grow in your faith.
1: That's right. That's right. So we need to, we need to walk away from that.
0: So the long and short of his disciples will seek to obey Jesus. And seek to help other disciples obey as well. This is what being the church is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the idea of us encouraging, building up, uh, could be rebuking in love. You know, all of these ideas come up. That's that's to help us to obey the word of God.
1: Yeah, that means we need to be in each other's lives. We need to be. I actually had a conversation with somebody uh, who hasn't been around church for a long time. They got hurt by a pastor. And I was talking to them about how important it is for pastors to be in each other's business in a healthy way. Um, You know, you and I and and Pastor Alan and Derek, we all, you know, are in each other's lives in a healthy way to keep each other accountable so that we can help each other grow in our holiness. Um, But the one thing about this is we have to remember not everybody's the same Mm. and not everybody's going to grow in their holiness at the same level and same rate. And so we have to be careful not to put some external standard on people, like our own standard of holiness on them. We have to look for just fruit.
0: Yeah, you know? everybody's path to sanctification looks a little different. And so, you know, if you've been a Christian for 20 years, you got to think that was 20 years of yeah. growth. So if somebody comes to Christ, you got to give them a little bit of time. You, yeah. you know, you got to help them. You can't just impose your current level of holiness on somebody else to say, well, you must be where I'm at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. think
0: about that you've gone through an entire process of years of decades where the lord has shaped and worked on you and if we truly believe in the power of the gospel and the power of the holy spirit god is the one doing the shaping that's right and so we have to rely on on that and know that we're a part of that yeah. and we can help but when we are when we're just pushing in on people yeah. and saying you must do this you must obey right. it doesn't help
1: yeah when we expect some level of perfection or a perfection to our standard yeah. like we're going to do more harm and honestly parents this is really it's like important like a performance for us. based that's what it is yeah. and we have to be careful not to do that to our own kids we need to expect proper levels of obedience but we have to be patient and and full of grace because our you know our kids are not going to be perfect. Right. we have to know that. Um, right, we need to expect growth, not perfection.
0: Yeah, one of the greatest illustrations I've seen about this when we're talking uh, in in the vein of people having different sanctification. You know, I, I knew a man who um, his son got saved at a vacation Bible school. He came home. Uh, told his parents about it. His parents went to church. They got saved. Well, Mm. this man was, he drank a lot and and knew that this was a problem in his life. He literally, as soon as he got saved that day, went home, poured out his, all his Mm. alcohol, never had another drink. So he knew that was a stronghold in his life. And that was something. Now there was another man that I knew who Struggled. He 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 got sober, Mm -hmm. but then he relapsed. Yeah, got sober and then he relapsed. It took three or four times before God was able to help deliver him from that permanently. Right. And so I want us to be careful that just because somebody falls or just because somebody struggles, instead of you know pointing at them and say, "Oh well, I I, you know I knew that you weren't really saved or I knew that couldn't happen," whatever, help them up. Yeah. Encourage them and build them up and find ways to help them in their walk. I just everybody's process is not the same that's right
1: and we have to be we just have to be the way jesus was with his disciples right patient and graceful um helping them forward yeah so. a great
0: example of that from scripture is when peter yeah. denied christ and then jesus restored, restored him. him
1: that's exactly right
0: and so i think that's a great example of when someone has a repentant heart how can you help to restore Not that you're Jesus restoring right. that God does the forgiving and the, the restoration, but we are helping to to uh, facilitate that and mm-hmm. build them up.
1: Yeah. And that's a big, huge part of obedience is repentance, mm-hmm. like repentant. You know, sometimes we think obedience is all about just getting it right all the time. Well, obedience is also about what, how you handle when you get it wrong. Mm-hmm, that's and good. so we've got to just, th- th- those are great examples, what you said, but parents, finally, we want to just give some, some practical family application for parents, uh, in, in, in the family. So how do we do this? Like, yeah. Do I think we do?
0: the biggest thing is parents must commit to holy living. Right? And, and a balance with real living. So yeah. that means living out gospel truths. And we've talked about this before, but parents, we've got to be real and honest with our failings, mm-hmm. with our struggles to, to a certain extent, you know, right. appropriate for children. But we've got to let them know how you live out the gospel in your life with repentance and grace and forgiveness and all of those types of things.
1: I think that is. So true. You can't be fake at church <laughs> right. and then be different mm, at yeah. home. Mm. You can't do that. You will drive your kids further away from the Lord. Yeah,
0: seek to be the same person. And I think about this often because, you know, when I go to church, uh, I would never like, huh, I would, oftentimes we treat our families worse because That's we're true. close to them. Yep. We would never treat someone at church. I would never talk to the way I talk to my f- family yep. at someone at church. So I always think about in the back of my mind. So when I'm talking to my kids, I'm thinking, how would I approach this situation if it was somebody that I wanted to give maximum grace yeah. and 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 you know, if if I wanted to live out the gospel truths. Mm-hmm. And that will help you uh, to to think about your family in the right... For whatever reason, we get close, to, we're close to our family, we treat them the worst. And that that's, just can't be what a believer
1: does. That's a huge... That's a great word because, I mean, when you can really... You say, I love my family, but I treat them worse than anyone else. Right. Well, okay, <laughs> that's a problem. And so if we can say, I love my family, and and here's how that's going to change how I live towards right. them. Um, so we, we need to be living these spiritual disciplines out. Uh, we need oh, to be man. going to church we We've got to be committed to the things of God. That's absolutely Mm -hmm. right. And so we've got to be real about this. Not perfect, not amazing, but just real and pursuing God. Um, And we need to make sure we're really trying to help our children understand how important obedience is. And, you know, parents, seriously, consider asking if you're if you have a child who is really struggling obeying you. You need to help them understand their disobedience is a lack of love for you and a lack of love for the Lord. Help them see that. And that might hurt because you might say, hey, why don't you love me? And they might say something you don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. Don't take it personally, um, but help them see they do love you. Your kids do love you. Yeah. Help them see how that connects to well, obedience. One of the
0: biggest failures that that parents make and I put myself in this category is to take things personally. Mm. So, your children <laughs> are sinners right? and yeah. they yes. <laughs> they will mess up. They will they there will be elements of rebellion and things like that. You cannot take that personally. Right. And I think when parents begin to take this personally is when their feelings begin to get hurt and they 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 end up doing more harm than good. You've got to say, "Okay, How can I give grace when I need to? How can I give discipline just like the Lord does with us Yeah, and not, not get so down into having hurt feelings, but rise above that to say, okay, God, help me to know what the real problem is here and how to address it. Children often don't even know how to express their feelings. They don't know how to express what they're going through.
1: Yeah. It's not even just that they're sinning. It's that they don't, they couldn't begin to do the obedience because they just are still growing up as a person. That's right. So we've got to help them process all of this stuff and and figure it out. I mean, so they're, remember, they're, they're still they're in, in process. process. Yes, exactly.
0: They're being discipled as well. They will not live this out perfectly. So we've got to give them lots of good reasons mm-hmm. and lots. You know, I've always uh, pushed back against saying obey because I said so. Yeah. Now, in the short term, sometimes that's the quickest thing because right. it's like, don't run out in the middle of the street
1: just because, because I said, I said so. so. Yeah. Now,
0: it may you may later on come back and say, listen, there are big cars mm-hmm. that go down the street and they can really hurt you. Right. And so this is why we need to really be careful and not go out into the street. So when mom and dad says that, I'm not yelling at you. I'm trying to to help you see you can get really big time hurt by going into the road. Yeah. So I really have tried in my parenting, I've not been perfect at this, but I've tried to really talk about the reason as to why mm-hmm. I'm asking my children to do something. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yeah, you're right and that's that's huge. There's a balance. It's, you know, I'm you do it because I'm your parent. Right. Like that's why because I'm I'm in charge, but also um, because because I love you and I'm looking out for you. Here's how, here's why. Right. But again, it's coming down why do you obey me? Um, because I love you and you love me. And so we live, we give ourselves to each other. And we're constantly serving one another out of love. That's right. Um, So we have to be careful not to be angry all the time. Um, You know, there's an appropriate place for anger, there's an appropriate place for discipline. And parents, please don't slack in discipline. We're not saying grace means you never, you know, hold your kids accountable to their disobedience. We're just saying make sure it's appropriate. You're not going to discipline a four year old the same way you would a 12 year old. Um, it has to be different. It has to be appropriate. It has to be full of love. That's right. That's right.
0: Man, that's so good. Uh, I I think that that's a great place to uh, put pen in it for next time. I agree. Time. Yes. That obedience plays such an important part uh, in discipleship and it helps us to be able to share the
1: gospel. That's right. So we've got to live this out. We've got to be holy the way the Lord is holy uh, and the way that he empowers us to be holy. That's right. So that people will see how amazing he actually That's right. is. And
0: next week is going to be a huge part in this. And we intentionally did not yeah. push into what we're going to talk about next week because it's so good and we want to get into it. So do not miss next week's episode.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for listening this week and, and we'll, we'll see you next time. life crisis like this like, is uh... like see it's coming to you now too yeah
0: yeah, yeah i actually kind of love that because like kids would make fun of
1: me for being old that's what now, i'm like, their youth and they're like having kids and stuff I'm like you're old ah, you're old now, <laughs> you're old now. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> guess what see i'm what really not on? much older than you anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're all getting older Ha-ha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> jokes on you
1: <laughs>
0: jokes on you death comes for us all <laughs>
1: Oh. You're going to die.
0: That's dark. (laughs) Okay, let's get a mic test.